Hi, and welcome to this episode of Our Guest Is, presented by My East Coast Experience Media in partnership with RBC. Our Guest Is introduces us to a resilient group of people typically called immigrants, but probably best described as entrepreneurs, community builders, and survivors. And in each episode, we'll explore their journey to the East Coast of Canada in their own words. Today, our guest is Paula Mendoza, an honoree at the 2022 Most Inspiring Immigrants in Atlantic Canada, a My East Coast Experience Media Initiative presented by RBC. Hi, Dr. Paula. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Natalie. So, Paula, you completed an undergraduate degree with honors in marine biology in fisheries in Portugal um, and arrived in Canada in 2002 to pursue a PhD in biology from Memorial University in Newfoundland, which is where you work now, correct? That is correct. And you're, uh, you're, on, you're serving as Memorial's Director of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. And then I also found it really interesting that you're involved in the Community Garden Alliance and Food Action in St. John's um, and part of the membership community at the St. John's Farmers Market. That is correct. So, yeah, so, yeah, so I, I came here as a graduate student and then I thought I was just going to be here for four years. Um, so, so, as you mentioned, I'm originally from Portugal. And of course, when you talk about marine biology and fisheries and oceans, um, Memorial is such a strong university for, for that type of work. So I was thrilled to, to do my graduate work here. And then things just evolved and I started getting other opportunities. And I, I realized that even though I love being a researcher, I wanted to do other stuff as well. And that's where I am now as a director of innovation and entrepreneurship. Um, and then my other passion, as you mentioned, is food sec security, is growing vegetables. And, and I think part of it is um, in Portugal, our weather, um, our soil, everything is so rich. It's so easy to have amazing vegetables and amazing Fruit. And then when I came to, to Newfoundland and Labrador, I realized that at least here in the East Coast is not the same. I came, I think, from the sunniest uh, city of Europe to the foggiest city uh, in Canada. <laughs> Maybe it's Vancouver. I'm not sure. But it's one of the foggiest for sure. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, and uh, and again, very um the soil is very hard to to cultivate, etc. So, um, so I start doing a lot of um, of that work, and um, and now I, I volunteer with the farmers market, which is really interesting as well. Yeah, they don't call it the rock for nothing, I guess. No, yeah, yeah, the top soil I mean, is probably two inches. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in Nova Scotia, in Halifax, and anytime there's a, you know, our soil isn't that great either, and we're kind of on a rock too, and every anytime there's a, a gust of wind, like trees just fall over because there's mm -hmm. just not enough space underneath the ground for the roots to kind of spread out. So I can imagine there's a lot yeah. of challenges that you must face, you know, working with, with the gardens in Newfoundland. That's right. But you can make do. I grow a lot of stuff. So it is possible, but he's, uh, but he's definitely challenging. So you also own some skincare businesses too. Is that, is it two that you own? I did. It's, okay. it's best. So yeah, so I started again, something that um, it came from my research background and realizing that skincare was so expensive and I really wasn't, and especially at the time, this was in 2002, so 20 years ago, it was so um 
it was hard to get some of the things that I wanted. So, um, so I started researching uh, other ways for, for skincare. Um, so I started my business of um, natural skincare at the time called Olivia Canella, so a Portuguese name. Um, and, uh, and I was the first person selling skincare products at the farmer's market here in St. John's. Now there's a lot of myriad of people that have really nice things. Um, and then I kind of, again, being the entrepreneur, when I was bored of that, I started teaching workshops on how to do skincare. Not the same thing as industrial pieces. We're talking about like small batches that you consume quickly. There is, um, we want to be safe. And sometimes if you want to do bigger batches, it's, you have to add other stuff, which is totally fine. Um, so, so then I had my second business that I started with, with a friend called Seaberry Studios, where we would, um, teach workshops and it was fantastic. Um, but then when I started my director position, <laughs> um, it was really hard to keep both things. Um, I have a small family and it was just, um, it was just very demanding. Um, so I pause it. And that's what I say. I said that I'm pausing it because I think eventually I'll go back to it because I really enjoyed meeting different people and um, being a teacher. It, it was great. Yeah, a teacher of skincare, which is always a, a right. bonus too. Yeah, this <laughs> right. must be a popular uh, class that you were teaching. There. It was really interesting. And then sometimes we would bring experts in different areas. So we had a soap workshop and we had a chemist teaching that workshop. Um, we had a foraging workshops in the morning. We would um, walk around and uh, identify plants and then we would use those plants um, to do some projects in the afternoon. So it was it was really, really cool. What's the difference between maybe that you found doing skincare per Portugal versus Newfoundland, you know, Canada? Is, is there a difference or is there something that you were able to inject, I guess, so to speak, uh, from your experience into the skincare? So I, yeah, I think when I look back, again, I was always trying to utilize the natural resources that we have in the place. So it's all about the place. So um, so what do we have here in this province, in this part of the province in St. John's around us that we can utilize to then make skincare better for, for you? Um, and I think if I was in Portugal, then I would use what we have there that is special that we can infuse our skincare with. Um, and I, I and, and again, it goes back again to my passion for nature and the fact that I'm a biologist by trade and, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, food security and uh, all that stuff. I think, um, I think the, the skincare kind of brings all this stuff together mm -hmm. in a different way. So, um, and again, being European and having a family that always loved skincare, um, that, um, that contributed for my interests as well. Yeah, I can imagine. So, so Memorial University in 2002, so you're at, there as a student and you stayed. Was there something that made you stay, uh, helped you make the decision to stay? I mean, why Newfoundland? <laughs> yeah, so the reason why I came to Newfoundland and Labrador um, was because I wanted to work with this researcher. So again, my background was in marine biology. I was in a specific field of physiology. Um, and, uh, and I wanted to work with a specific researcher and that researcher was, um, in Newfoundland, um, in, in the Memorial University. So, um, so I started communicating the, where, when I did my honors, my honor supervisor had met this researcher anyway, he was looking for new students. I ended up being his first PhD student. Um, and, um, 
And that's the reason why I'm here. So I think if that researcher was somewhere else, um, I would have gone somewhere else. Uh, so um, I think at the end of the day, I picked Memorial because of the quality of faculty that had um, the expertise that I was looking for. And, um, and I think a lot of graduate students, that's probably how they pick the university they go to, is, uh, is because of, of the expertise. And I really don't think there's another university um, in Canada that has the breadth and depth of expertise in ocean related from engineering to, again, physiology to aquaculture like um, Memorial has right now. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're teaching innovation and entrepreneurship too. So can you tell us a little bit about that and why it's important in your role right now? Yeah, no, absolutely. So again, I guess it comes back to the when I was doing my PhD, even though I was really enjoying research, um, I wanted to do something more applicable. I wanted to, I, I, I realized I didn't want it to be the expert on that specific field. And that's what you are. When you do a PhD and then you move through academia, you become the expert of this really small niche um, research expertise. And, and I wanted to do more. Um, so I was really, at the time, the internet is not as, the breadth of internet and the, the things that you find is not so much. But I remember going to, to the, to the, library and getting these books all about what can you do if you have a PhD and <laughs> not and not putting that, There's books on that. Books. there were books there were books about alternative careers um okay. and one of them was technology transfer so it's it's which is really how to move research that is happening at the universities and move it to the market so have an impact outside of the obscure scientific papers that only people in your field are going to read how can you actually bring that research in a way that is going to positively impact communities and society and the world. Um, and I thought that was really, really interesting. And then I found out that there was a technology transfer office uh, at Memorial at the time was under the banner of Genesis, that is our um, incubator, uh, but it used to be a, a business incubator and a tech transfer office. So I started volunteering there. They were really welcoming. <laughs> and I started volunteering once a week while I was finishing my PhD. I ended up being hired as a, to do a math leave at the end of it. Um, and then I ended up being hired as a staff member. Um, and what was interesting when we were within the incubator is that then you also have, you're touching all these other small businesses that are starting out. Um, so, and they come to you for advice on intellectual property, research commercialization, et cetera. Um, and then on top of it, um, then the, the role evolved, the office evolved, and then all of a sudden, I started in 2007. Um, and, uh, and now not only I lead that office, but I have a broader mandate to support innovation and entrepreneurship at Memorial. And it's the first time that that role has existed. And it's really exciting because um, a lot of things are happening at our university in terms of supports for entrepreneurship. And, um, and it's really nice to be in the middle and bringing these opportunities together and solve challenges as, as leaders within our community. And I really love it. Yeah, you must see a lot of uh, eager people who really just want to get out there and, and start a business yeah. and, and have those great ideas. Um, how has the community that you grew up in in Portugal sort of helped shape the community that you're creating in Newfoundland and your role um, at Memorial? You can get deep. It's okay. <laughs> That's a really interesting question. Um, <laughs> it is an interesting question. And, and I think 
what is interesting is that I remember, and things get blurred. When you've been here for 20 years, sometimes things start blurring, like your experience, because soon it's going to be that I've been in <laughs> Canada as long as I had been in Portugal. We're not there yet, but it's soon coming to that, to that, um, to that threshold. Um, but um, I, I remember when I came here that I thought it was interesting that people would not come to houses uninvited that people would have to call and say can I stop by and and I and I feel that in Portugal if things haven't changed in 20 years if you are passing by a friend's house um and I live in Lisbon so we were even apartment buildings um that you just knock it's like hey I'm here are you free to come out let's go for a walk you know and if you couldn't you couldn't you just say no but it wouldn't it wouldn't be unexpected for people just to ring the doorbell and I find that in here people are much more um more things need to be more yeah. planned almost let's put it this way um yes so people are a bit more reserved um so i all this to say that i think that i try to build a community that is more <laughs> less planning and more doing i guess that if you just feel like something let's just uh, let's just engage um, and, um, and, and again, I find that it's helpful even now that I have children to be able for my children to feel that they, that, um, they're approachable and that the community around them is approachable as well. Um, but, um, and the other thing is that people here have dinners way too early and I could not understand how do you get home and you have dinner at 5 p.m. You don't leave work until 7 normally in Portugal because you have longer hours, lunch hours, etc. Um, and then you have normally a snack of some sweet and a coffee around 5 o'clock. You don't have dinner until 9. Uh, so for me, it was very bizarre. Um, but it worked out well because now when we bring our kids to Portugal, we just keep the jet lag and they're right like there's no culture shock because we eat it's five o'clock here yeah. and it's 8 30 back home so it's just perfect it just works really well yeah <laughs> so you kind of went from one part of the atlantic ocean right. over to the other so how do you see what similarities do you see between i mean and this might be a stretch similarities between Portugal and Newfoundland and you know, how are they the same and how are they different? I think the first thing that comes to mind is fish. So Newfoundland and Labrador and Portugal um, have a, a big connection. The connection to the ocean is huge. That's why I came here anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and then the connection to, to cod and the fish. So we are, I think that we probably are one of the biggest consumers of cod in, in Europe. Um, our cod used to come from Newfoundland and Labrador until the moratorium back in 92, if I'm not getting that date wrong. Um, what is interesting is that everyone talks about how people here in Newfoundland have an attachment for cod, and they do, but they basically eat cod in one or two ways. While in Portugal, we have cookbooks yeah. that are just cod recipes, our frozen dinners have cod. Um, we, we do everything like there's, it's a huge part of our culture. Um, and then of course, by extension, every fish, I think we eat every fish. If we, if we can get it on our shores, we'll eat it. Um, which, which is, which is really, really good. So there's no, um, I, people here don't eat flounder. We eat flounder a lot. That's was actually my PhD fish. So, <laughs> so this is. You ate what you studied? <laughs> you, I, I didn't eat it when I was here because it was a different, slightly different species. I did think it was a bit weird just because I was studying it, but, but I do, you eat sole and, and other types of flatfish back home um but uh, but i think that's probably 
like I'm sure there's probably more, but that's one of the similarities. I've, it's the Jigs dinner that is something super typical in Newfoundland and Labrador is very similar to um, what do you call the Portuguese stew or cozida uh, portuguesa. So with the um, boiled meat um, and cabbages and potatoes, we don't boil as much mm-hmm. as people boiled in here, but um, but very similar. The um, the dry bread um, that they have here that I forget the name um, right now, but we have it back home. So it's really funny because, mm-hmm. and I think that happens to every immigrant or traveler. The more you travel, the more you notice that what you think is solely part of your culture, it's actually, there's something similar somewhere else. <laughs> and, and that goes from music, from, from certain habits, from food. Um, you always think, oh, this doesn't happen. This is just Portuguese. And then you travel and you see all these other similarities. Um, and I think that's great. I think like makes it is this world community. Yeah. So uh, just as we kind of wrap up, um, what would your younger self think about your life in Newfoundland? My goodness, I don't know. I say like, are you sure you don't want to pick a place with a nicer weather? Um, <laughs> I think that will probably be the main thing. That's what we think um, every day as maritimers. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that um, my younger self would be proud because I don't think that I ever anticipated uh being and doing and impacting a community that is different than the one that I was born with, that Mm -hmm. I was born in. So again, I come from like a lot of um, immigrants and newcomers come from war-torn countries and um, come from a different perspective as well. uh, Finding like I came here as a student from an already privileged country and and culture. So for me, I came here to study and then I was going to move on somewhere else. And I like, um, and and I thought if I was going to make an impact, was going to go and I would go back to my country and 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 again that do that that way. Um, so I I'm really proud that I found the second community. I'm I'm really proud that I am impacting, and I feel that is a big responsibility for mm-hmm. to be um, um, an immigrant in another country. And I feel that we all feel that way too. That um, if they welcome us here, we have a responsibility to to really be part of the community and, uh, and participate as, as positively as we can. So um, I think my younger self will be surprised, but I think um, she would be proud as well. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Paula. Um, and thank you to everyone joining us today for this episode of Our Guest Is. We'll be back in two weeks with another very special guest. If you don't want to miss an episode, make sure you subscribe. You can find us on myeastcoastexperience.com, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and YouTube. Plus, don't forget to follow My East Coast Experience online on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again uh, to Paula, Dr. Paula. I uh, love talking with you. And uh, thanks to everyone who joined us today. And we hope to see you again. Thank you. <laughs>